Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rowan and the Wasteland, where we discuss a film and honor its place amongst its peers. My name is Rowan Wood, and joining me, as always, he's not afraid of heights, he's afraid of falling. It's Shane Kanto. But the funny thing is, I am indeed very afraid of heights, so <laughs> <laughs> what an I interesting feel, choice. I feel like I'm somewhere uh, somewhere in the middle. I'm, uh, I, I don't like being in super high places, but I can tolerate it for a short period of time. Um, I have problems with ladders. Yeah. So, like, taking me off the ground, just in general, not a fan of. My problem with ladders doesn't stem from the height. It stems from my worry that people will, that, like, I will not be properly propped on that ladder and that I will fall because of someone else's negligence and not my own. Or the ladder's, uh, uh, not, uh, like, you know, malfunction of, of, of integrity. Exactly, yeah. That is a very fair point. But we're not here to talk about ladders or heights. Exactly. (laughs) We are here to talk about Vim Vender's uh, seminal 1984 film, Paris, Texas, um, which stars Harry Dean Stanton, uh, who we will be talking about more later on. Uh, But yeah, this movie... um, This movie's really something. And uh, I was originally watching it just because... I saw Vim Vender's new film, Perfect Days, at the New York Film Festival, and I figured this seems like it'd be a good thing to talk about uh, on Rowan and the Wasteland. It turns out it is. Uh, Shane, what is your history uh, with this movie? I saw it once mm-hmm. in the past couple years and was pretty impressed by it and, of course, bought on Criterion Collection because one does as a cinephile who still has physical media. Um, so this was my second time watching the film. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, this is my, this was my first time. Um, and I'm very glad I did. I mean, it is, it is renowned as a classic, uh, for a reason. Um, I do think it is very interesting. So his new movie, Perfect Day, is, is set in Tokyo. And the lead actor at the Q&A said, Vin Vendors understands Tokyo, uh, like no one else, which is crazy that he made like the most Texas movie of all time and uh, <laughs> the most Tokyo movie of all time. And he is a German man. Uh, so I, I, it just, I, I just, you know, maybe his, his, his specialty is, uh, is understanding uh, places where he is not from, but he has an affinity for, which honestly, that is, that is a mm-hmm. great skill to have. Um, but anyway, this movie is about, uh, this guy Harry Dean Stanton, who is who is basically um, has amnesia, and he is trying to find his uh, both his son and then his wife, who he was separated from at some point in time. Um, it is it takes its time. It is shot beautifully. It's very tactful and it's very beautiful. Um, I I think this like this is a movie that you can just soak up and not you know. There doesn't have to be dialogue for it to be engaging. Uh, you can just experience it. Um, Shane, mm-hmm. what is your like? What is your take on, on this movie? I thought that it's such an interesting idea. Uh, you know, there's certainly plenty of films where it's like somebody has amnesia, and usually they're stuck in some like fantastical world or some strange little town or something mm-hmm. like this. And I I appreciate that this film focuses so much on 
not only finding oneself, but also rediscovering family. Mm-hmm. And that could be done even without the amnesia part. Like you could be disconnected from your family, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's an interesting pairing of ideas. And I think some of the ways that you experience that from a st- story standpoint and a structure standpoint really works. And I love the the dynamic that they use for him to reconnect with his wife mm-hmm. in terms of like through the through the little window and her right. not knowing exactly who he is. And like those scenes are so compelling and so interesting. This is very beautifully shot. It's so visually engaging to look at whether it's like this bright light texas desert to like the darkness of like a texan city as cityscape and harry dean stanton is was such a acclaimed character actor and getting to see him get front and center because he is so talented mm-hmm. was a special treat because like basically this and lucky are the two films that I know that he's like the main character right. and he sta- really rises to the occasion. Dean Stockwell also appreciated character actors. His brother really works as well. Mm-hmm. I just think this is such a it doesn't seem like it's a unique film. But just watching it, what um, Vendors does in terms of how he directs it and constructs it makes it feel very different than other films. It's like it's like watching a Lynch film where you just like everything seems familiar some level, but something just doesn't feel familiar about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that has an interesting feel to it. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 like that sense that you feel like you're watching something that you've seen a million times, but at the same time, it like, you don't know what's going to happen next. And that Mm -hmm. is, I think such an interesting feeling that I've really never seen captured this, like at least this, this well before. Um, And, and on like, you know, on, on top of that, I I love the relationship between all the characters. I'm rooting for all of it to succeed, even though I know Mm -hmm. that a lot of it might not. Um, God, it's it's just the more I think about it, the more I I love it and appreciate it, and think it's just like just a such a stellar work of art, um, in a way that like this doesn't happen uh, for me for a lot of movies. Like it's like this amount of reflection doesn't usually bring uh, this level of love um, mm-hmm. that I'm feeling. Uh, for this movie it's it's just it 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 affected me in a way that a lot of movies haven't uh and and for that reason and and mainly for that reason alone it is very very high uh on my on my list of of, of movies that we've talked about but yeah it's 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 just it's just really special even at like i've never been to texas in my life um Mm-mm, and yet either. it still feels like the vibe of this movie feels like it fits texas so well and the look and like not to say that i feel like i have been to texas but but it it feels singular and unique in a way that like maybe a film about wyoming might not uh and that is hard to explain uh but i don't know this this movie it just feels very very unique like i've never seen a movie like it before and i don't know if i ever will again yeah, and if Vendor's other films have this same kind of vibe, I definitely want to watch them because it's one of those kinds of things where it's just 
it's such a like you said it's so singular it's such a singular perspective and like a filmmaking voice that really works and you do get that sense of like a great film can make you feel like you've been somewhere Mm -hmm. and can transport you there and whether this is vendors texas or actual texas right i don't know it feels so realized and just it it's a very human experience with these characters that are very genuine like um travis our main character reconnecting with his son trying to reconnect with his wife those elements just feel so genuine and his moments with his brother and it doesn't feel like two hours and 25 minutes sitting there and watching this film you feel lost in this life and just even from like the costuming like the certain outfits characters wear they're very distinct and stand out like that very pink sweater Mm -hmm. that his wife wears and even how he's dressed and from the start with his like shaggy beard the baseball cap and the suit right like that's such an image that stands out from this film but Mm -hmm. uh definitely would recommend especially if you love film this is definitely an experience worth having me too um shane where does this movie rank on the now uh 75 films that we've watched so far for the show where did i put it let's see i have this at number 15 right below the red shoes and right above tokyo story Nice. This is uh, number nine for me. Um, so it is it is still very, very uh, high up there. Um, that is above us and below the world's end. So in my top 10, which I uh, certainly did not expect it uh, to pop up in when I started this, but I'm very glad uh, that I did. Um, so uh, moving on, we have three categories, of course, to talk about today. We have movies named after locations. Uh, movies with Harry Dean Stanton in them and our watch list for 1984. Uh, let's start with movies named after locations. Uh, Shane, your top five first. So my number five is Chinatown, mm-hmm. which it's so funny because so little this movie actually takes place in Chinatown. Yeah. But it's looming. It's looming over you all the way up to its really impactful ending. But just such a great neo-noir. My number four is In Bruges. Which like nice. Bruges is such a big part of this movie, yeah. and it's this is so darkly funny, and every moment of it just feels so great. Um, my number three is Fargo, mm-hmm. which also barely spends any time in actual Fargo, but this is this is like if you somebody says what's a Coen Brothers movie, you tell them Fargo because it's dark. It's got that, like, awkward violence, the humor, everything. Number two is Brooklyn. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Saoirse Ronan, absolutely love her. And just this love story and this immigrant story, this experience is so beautifully told. And number one is Sunset Boulevard. Billy Wilder, Billy Wilder is so fantastic. And this film between William Holden just starting from the very beginning being like, yeah, that's my body floating there in the pool. <laughs> and the whole entire journey you get there is so worth every second of it. Nice. Very nice. That is a stacked list. Uh, my number five is uh, Sunset Boulevard. 
Uh, number four is the Banshees of Inisharan. Inisharan may be a fictional island, but it is still a place. Um, number uh, three is Midnight in Paris. Uh, number two is In Bruges. I think one of the funniest movies ever made. Um, yes. And number one is Palm Springs, which is one of my favorite yes. movies of all time. And my rewatch uh, is due. Uh, we're, we're recording this at the end of October and November 9th is uh, is the time loop day. And so I watch it oh. every year on that day. Um, there so you go. I'm very excited uh, to get to that again. Um, next up is uh, Harry Dean Stanton, um, who has appeared in 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 over a hundred movies um, in uh, mostly in the 20th century. Um, but there is just a, a huge amount of uh, of classics that I'm sure are going to be present mm-hmm. in both of our lists. Um, Shane, your top five. Yeah, because he's he's one of those people who just pops up everywhere mm-hmm. and some of the most interesting places. My number five is Escape from New York. Him is the brain. So nice. great. Uh, number four, Alien, with one of the best ensembles. Put the film, and he's so great in it. Number three, The Last Temptation of Christ. This is one definitely one of Scorsese's most interesting and obviously controversial films yes but i still think really impressive film my number two is cool hand luke just i watched that in cinema class in high school and just stuck with me ever since and number one the godfather part two and when i was going through his imdb i'm like he was in the god and then the second i thought about it i remembered exactly who he played it and i'm just like that is harry dean stanton (laughs) so there you go yeah, I I didn't remember him in The Godfather Part Two at all, um, but uh, my top five now number five is The Avengers, uh, which he pops up in pretty pretty briefly, but you do not expect him at all, and it is so yes. lovely to see him if you know who he is. Um, number four is Paris, Texas. Number three is The Green Mile, uh, which I think is one of the best Stephen King adaptations that people don't really talk about anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, uh, number two is The Godfather Part Two, and number one is Alien. Which is just such a fantastic. I mean, we t- I, I I mentioned this last week in my um, movies with limited casts, uh, mm-hmm. but God, Alien is it, it just does it like like nothing else. Um, and and Harry Dean Stanton, like I I feel something. I spoiler alert. I feel something when he dies um, because you really get to mm-hmm. know all of these characters in a way that you wouldn't in a, in I feel like a movie made um, in the more modern uh, age. Um, next up is uh, 1984 watch list. So we're going to play uh, the game. And how many on my list has Shane seen? I'm going to bet it's all of them because these are some pretty big movies. Um, but uh, we'll find Shane, out. Yeah, you're uh, you're top. The, my number five is so ridiculous, but it's the adventure of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension because nice. it just looks so weird. I want to experience it at least once in my life. Totally. Um, number four is Police Academy. Nice. Like. That first one had to be funny if it spawned like 20 sequels. Mm. Uh, my number three is 1984, which 1984 is legitimately my favorite book I've ever read. Mm-hmm. And I definitely should watch the film, obviously. Um, number two is Children of the Corn, which I've only seen like very bits and pieces of. But like they keep making really terrible sequels and stuff. And I'm like, should probably watch the original. And number one, thanks to the new film coming out, I want to watch the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, I uh, I haven't seen any on your list, which is a shame. Um, but uh, 
Uh, my number, I'm just going to go in descending order because uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter as much for this category. Uh, uh-huh. Scarface, which I'm shocked I haven't seen yet. Uh, the Al Pacino one, of course. Yeah. Uh, full Metal Jacket. Um, Blue Velvet, uh, which has always sort of intrigued me, even though David Lynch is not necessarily my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Possession uh, and Heather. Oh, my God. Are my, are my five. I watched Possession for the first time a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and boy, is that a ride. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to watch that when I do. Also, are you ready for one of my biggest hot takes when it comes to movies? Yes. Um, I hate Scarface. Interesting. Like, I hate that movie. Very like, interesting. I, it's just one of those things where I'm like, just sitting there listening to Al Pacino pretend to be a Cuban for <laughs> two hours and then just nothing but drugs and violence and not like in a fun, humorous, like darkly funny kind of way. Right. Because it's like you have Wolf of Wall Street, which makes me laugh and also cringe mm-hmm. at like how horrible it is. Like I just hated the experience watching Scarface. Interesting. And I'm like, I don't know if I ever want to watch it again. I probably okay. will at some point. Right. And maybe I'll have a different perspective, but I hate that movie. So that is very, there you go. very interesting to me. Yeah. I guess we will see uh, how I feel when I do eventually see it. Um, but for now, uh, that has been our discussion of Paris, Texas. Um, Shane, what movie are we going to be talking about on next week's episode? We're going to be talking about Archipelago, starring everybody's favorite devious god, Tom Tom Hiddleston, Loki. But this is from director Joanna Hogg, who did The Souvenir and The Souvenir Part 2. And I'm excited to check out some of her earlier work. Very nice. Um, Yeah, I... uh... I am excited uh, to watch this one, and also I have—I I realized I haven't been doing that lately uh, in 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 the last uh, however many episodes, saying what we're going to watch next week, which I imagine might be helpful for the listeners that might want to uh, to watch what we watch uh, to get a full mm-hmm. understanding. Um, but uh, anyway, so want to thank you all very much uh, for listening, Shane. Where can the people find you if they want to hear more from you? They can head over to the Wasteland Reviewer Instagram page where I shamelessly plug all the things that I do from my podcast, the Cinematic Wasteland, Wasteland Vintage Roadshow, to all the things that I write for Sith Pop the, and GuideTheMovies.com and the podcast that I do for Scribe. But most importantly, the Wasteland Reviewer YouTube channel where I review so many different kinds of things. <laughs> and I have my three weekly shows where my buddy here, Rowan, pops up quite frequently. Sure do. Um, you could find me at thelenientcritic.com or at Ronaboat on Instagram and Letterboxd. Or check out some of my other podcasts, uh, Franchise Paradiso and Runtime Babe, if you feel so inclined. Uh, thank you all out there for listening. And we will be back next week with another episode of Rowan and the Wasteland. Bye.